Open your Bibles to James, the first chapter. The first chapter of James. We continue our series today in the epistle of James. The title of the sermon is The Primacy of Obedience. James is sort of... um, will remind you of your mother today. Do you remember how your mother would say, you do what I tell you to do? Something like that. Well, that's what James is going to do today. He's going to say, you do what the Scripture tells you to do. It's a very simple message and a very simple passage of Scripture. I really could read the text and uh, we could go home and no, no amens needed, but... It is that direct and that plain. It's difficult for any of us to misunderstand what James is saying here. But we'll spend a few moments thinking about it. Our series on James, A Faith That Works, began a few weeks ago. The message was a joy when it's tough. Then we talked about wisdom, what we desperately need. Then we talked about the uplifting paradox of possessions. Then we talked about the truth of of temptation. And then last week, we talked about our God is good. God is good. I wondered if you would come back with that today. Let's try it again. God is good. Amen. He is. So today, the primacy of obedience, James 1, if I could ask you to stand again, and then you can sit until the invitation, James 1, verse 19, we'll read through 25. My dear brothers and sisters, it's an intimate greeting of James, he did that in verse 16, as opposed to verse 3, a 2, where he just said, my brothers and sisters, now he says, my dear Brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, writing to believers, every believer, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Are you squirming yet? I was. Quick to listen, two ears, slow to speak, one mouth. And slow to become angry. There is a connection. Slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, on the basis of what he just said, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. Think that's still applicable? Absolutely. And humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. There's the key verse of the passage. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed. They will be blessed in what they do. You may be seated.
Last week, uh, we found only one imperative out of the 59 imperatives in 108 verses that James gives us last week. There was only one. Today, depending on how you look at this grammatically, there are at least eight imperatives. I remember, you, you, most of you know my testimony, and so you know in my former life I was an engineer and I changed jobs running from God's call to ministry, and et cetera. But I, I took a job with an engineering company in, in Houston, and, and I remember where I'd worked in Dallas, I was the only believer in the whole place, not a single in the buckle of the Bible belt. Not one other believer except me. The new company, the vice president I had, I had met during my interviewing, a lady engineer in those days, a, a lady engineer vice president of a, of a firm was very unusual, very unusual. And she identified herself to me as a Christian and, and I had already identified myself that way to her. And so she said, I'm delighted because you're the only other one in the company. What is it about engineering? I don't know, but you're the only other Christian. I'm so glad. Well, second day on the job, I'm in my, they've given me a little office to familiarize myself with all their products and all that stuff. So I'm looking at over studying. She comes in, talks, converses for a few moments And then she says, I do want you to know there are three or four other people in this company who call themselves Christians. In fact, they they study the Bible two or three nights a week together. Then she said something that astonished me. She didn't know me well enough to be saying this, but she said, she said, I think you'll easily understand before the end of the week that they are just all talk. They really don't know the Lord. I was astonished by that. But as I observed, and of course at that point my tentacles go up and I'm a little more observant than I had been. And by the end of that week, which by the way was my only week there. If you know my story, you know what happened. If you don't know it, that's for another day. She was correct. She was absolutely correct. You see, there is... A word here from James that says it's good to feast on the word. But if you are a follower of Christ, be absolutely certain that you not only listen, but that you do the word, that you obey the word. That's that's what James is telling us in the text. As a child, reflect on your childhood. As a child, I knew I knew most of the time I knew what to do. My parents were, how, how should I say this? My, my parents were directive. Do you have directive parents? My parents were very directive. No way to misunderstand what they wanted me to do. So between my parents and the Holy Spirit and, and the teachers that I had at, at the military school I attended, I, most of the time I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. Did I obey? Not always. I guess if you put it into batting average, my batting average would have been good enough to be in the Hall of Fame in baseball. But in the College of Obedience, not so much. James says, don't 
just hear the word, but do what it says. That's his message to us in in this text. Imperative James, or maybe that was his middle name, James Imperative, the brother of Jesus. Two basics in this text. Receive the word. You can't obey if you don't know or hear. So hear the word. And then the second is obey. Obey what the word says. So let's take just a few moments and break this down into the two parts. First of all, receive the word of God. And I'm going to say four things about that. If you're doing a little outline, receive the word of God. Verse 21, accept the word planted in you, which can save you. He is reminding us of the power of the word of God. Receive, accept the word planted in you, receive the word of God. Now here, the first of the four things that I want to say about this receiving the word of God, and that is pay attention, pay attention. Listen, and remember God gave us two ears so that we might hear well, one mouth so that we might not speak more than we should. And remember that one mouth is guarded by a set of teeth. That tongue and that mouth have a, have a guard on them. You know, there are some people who say, Lord, speak to me, and you've got 60 seconds. We are to listen, to hear what God said. In, in the first century in which James wrote, there were very few copies of Scripture that would have been available to any any common person. And of course, at that time would have been the Old Testament. That was That was the Scripture. And most of the Scriptures were in synagogues where they were kept securely and would have been read publicly at worship. So most of the people to whom James writes would have been primarily auditory learners. And James says, listen carefully. Today we have a lot more options in our culture. But we are to give attention to the Word. Read it, listen to it, meditate upon it, contemplate, study, explore the Word of God. In 19, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, a term of affection before he delivers the punch. A term of affection that James gives to those scattered about, those Jewish believers scattered about the Roman Empire, scattered primarily because of persecution. And he says, everyone, all believers, pay attention with the intent of obedience. So pay attention to the word with the intent that you will obey. Not in one ear and out the other. You know, as long as we're talking about mothers, that's where I first heard the term. It just went in one ear and out the other. I remember, I heard that. You know what what goes around comes around. I, I remember when my kids were little, I, I can't believe I said that, but I did. You just let it go in one ear and out the other. James says, don't do that. Receive the word with the intent of obeying. 
So the second part of that receiving the word is this. Now notice how he segues into this. Control your tongue. What? How does that fit? Just segues very naturally into that. Listening, listen with a view toward accepting and control your tongue. He expands to specific behavior by saying, be slow to speak. Now, we're not even near being finished with the tongue in James. Believe me, if you've read James, there's a whole lot more to come on the tongue. This is just kind of an introduction. But he he says, control your tongue is a powerful part of the body. And it can be a force for Christ and for good, or it can be a force for evil, for deception, for tumult and division. It can be used to glorify God or to not glorify God. And so James says, control your tongue. And then notice how he segues from that into the third thing about receiving the word. Squash your anger. Squash your anger. He's not speaking of righteous indignation, the kind that we might have when we see injustice, like the the mistreatment of a child. But he is talking about the anger of selfishness and self-centeredness and destructiveness and divisiveness. Now, we all know, everybody knows, they're not here this morning, but everybody knows. You can think of somebody who says they're a believer, but there's always this cloud of divisiveness that surrounds them primarily because of the tongue. And James says, squash that anger. Control your tongue and squash your anger. And then the fourth thing about receiving the word is, notice how he segues into this, put off immorality. So he's dealing very specifically, receive the word. If we receive the word of God with the intent of obeying it, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, in our lives, and that will lead us then to control our tongues, to squash our anger, and to put off immorality. That's just the beginning of some things James is going to say before the book is over. God will deliver you from evil thoughts and actions, from adulterous thoughts and, and actions, from pornographic thoughts and actions. Put off immorality by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. God will give us the victory. Now, Remember, this is written to brothers and sisters in Christ. So James would be at least hinting at what Jesus said explicitly in the Gospels. And that is take drastic action in the face of those temptations that could destroy us. Take drastic action. You remember Jesus used terms like pluck out your eye and cut off your hand. James would hint at that by saying, by by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in you and the indwelling Word of God that you give attention to with with the intent of obeying, take whatever drastic steps are necessary to separate you, to separate yourself from not controlling your tongue, 
losing your temper or participating in immoral thoughts or actions. Now, as if that's not enough to grab our attention, then James says a second thing, obey the word of God. So receive or accept the word of God. Secondly, obey the word of God. Verse 22 is the verse I referred to a moment ago as the key verse. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Now, understand as you look at that, he is not, he is advocating listening to the word. We know that the word merely is the key word in that verse. Do not merely listen to the word in one ear, out the other, with no intent of absorbing it or obeying it. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Then he delivers the punch that dominates the whole passage. Do what it says. Do what it says. Obey the word of God. Now, let's say two things about that. First of all, listening is a start, not a conclusion. Listening is a start, not a conclusion. Knowing is imperative You can't obey what you don't know. But knowing and listening only are not enough. Written to believers. So nobody in this room who is saved got saved by obedience first. You were saved by grace through faith in Christ and Christ alone. Having been saved, then we listen, receive, accept the Word of God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we obey the Word of God. Now, don't forget the biggest ally that you have in this Effort of obedience is the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Sometimes we think, I guess, that we have to do it ourselves or we have to make our own list of ten steps that will help me to be obedient. It is the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, who gives us the power to be obedient to the Word that we hear, accept, and receive. So, listening is a start, not a conclusion. Now, the second thing about obeying the Word of God is this. Obedience is the imperative. So, there are eight, but they all point to one. And that is, obedience is the imperative. Do what it says. I wonder how many times in his preaching ministry in the church in Jerusalem, as pastor of the church in Jerusalem, that James might have preached from or referred to Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Shema of Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul 
and with all your strength. Now listen, here it goes. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Pretty much all the time. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land, He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. The Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Or perhaps he preached from Deuteronomy chapter 8. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. I would venture to guess that James used both of those texts frequently for repetitive worship and also as sources from which to preach to his congregation. Those who have accepted Jesus obey Jesus because he lives in us and empowers us. We obey him. Now, let me read the words of Jesus himself in this regard, and then we'll wrap it up. Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 21. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the where? Upon the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Words of our Lord himself. So... The Christian life for you and me means doing what the word says. Illustrated by a mirror. Notice James is kind enough to give us an illustration. Illustrated by a mirror. You look in the mirror with the intent of what? Doing something about it as best you can. What do you do when you look at yourself in the mirror? Oh, there's toothpaste on my chin. And you walk out the door? 
I don't think so. Oh, breakfast is still on my lips. What will I do about that? Oh, my hair doesn't take me long. My hair, I got to do something. That's a per, you look in a mirror and then you make, take corrective action. So James is saying, look into the mirror of the word and then take action. That's the simple illustration of the mirror. And then secondly, as far as obedience is the imperative is concerned, blessing as a promise. I love the way James is so direct, but then he comes to verse 25 and he says, okay, now whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Multitude of blessings, variegated types of blessings. Remember, he said in the early part, variegated temptations and trials, variegated blessings come to us. Blessings that come with obedience, regardless of circumstances. So here we go. We're done. A text written to Christians who have been saved by faith through grace, through faith in Christ and Christ alone. Word that says to us, receive the word, obey the word. And that's a faith that works. A faith that works by obedience. God help us as we seek to be obedient to him this week. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Brother Gary will lead us in a moment in the singing of a hymn of invitation. And there's someone here who needs Jesus today. And if that person is you, then you are sensing the call, the tug of the Holy Spirit at your heart. And as we stand in a moment, I invite you to come and place your hand in mine and say very simply, Pastor, I need Jesus. Member of our staff will be here to pray with you, to open God's Word, share with you how you can come into a personal saving relationship with Jesus this morning. You sense that tug of the Holy Spirit. Don't delay, but come this morning giving your heart and life to Jesus. And for those of us who've already made that decision, as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, as we absorb the precious Word of God, our commitment is, Lord, by your power and by your strength, I will obey to your glory. So Father, help us to do that this week and draw someone to yourself now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God speaks to your heart. You come as we stand and sing.